is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. It is football week. It's Monday, July 30th. Hall of Fame game coming up on Thursday. Bears and Ravens. We are fired up. It's also running backs week. We've already done tight ends and quarterbacks. This week, a peek at running backs with sleepers, breakouts, and busts in a little bit of strategy. I know Dave Richards fired up. He told me earlier today he was IMing me. He said, I love this time of year. Not right, Dave Richards. It is, but you said something strange at the very beginning. You said it's football week. Well, yeah, because football's starting this week. On this podcast, it's always football week, you nut. (laughs) Are you sick, Dave? I'm a little under the weather. I got advice for you. Oh yeah? Yeah. What's that? Go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Start your fantasy football league right by booking your draft party at B-Dubs. You're gonna get a free draft kit and enjoy a draft feast of boneless wings, three sides, and three shareables at a special price. Only at Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports, at participating locations while supplies last. But Adam, I'm contagious. Get, sit, get like a private table somewhere. Hook you up. Uh, also, Buffalo Wild Wings would like that very much. I'd like to apologize to Jamie for making him do a podcast with a contagious sick person. Hey, Jamie, what's <laughs> up? <laughs> uh, especially in close quarters. I, uh, I, I feel like all I've done is podcast today. I get to, I got to fill in for Danny Cannell on off the bench with Cannell and Bell. So I, I ruined that show and now I get to ruin this one. Oh, all right. Well, you don't have to ruin this show. <laughs> a, a quick reminder as we talk about running backs going into the 2017 season, like, Rewind a year ago, we were saying Todd Gurley has had one 100-yard rushing game in his last 24 games. I think you were saying that. Well, I was just reminding people of that, right? I mean, it was important. One 100-yard rushing game in his last 24 games. Then he became the most valuable player of fantasy. He averaged 3.4 yards per carry in those 24 games. So we're going to be looking for players with improved offenses, improved play callers, improved... Uh, offensive lines for sure. We're looking for that next Todd Gurley, and we already we already did that a little bit uh, earlier this off season. But let's do it again here with an email, a running back related email of the day. Number one from John in a city in Rhode Island not named Providence. Bannister. Dear Avon Stringer, Marlow, and Chris. If you see Avon, it's the wire. All right, guys. Okay, so there you go. I uh I think Marlon Mack has huge breakout potential. To say his stats last year were pedestrian as being generous, but he put up 3.9 yards per carry at 21 catches, 64% catch rate behind a below-average offensive line, change of pace back, Jacoby Brissett, Indy bolstered their O-line, you got Andrew Luck back. I think Marlon Mack could be this year's Todd Gurley. P.S. Whatever happened to those outros where Dave would say, and now, and then Adam would have to give a little speech to pump people up, and he obviously didn't like doing it. Those were great. Those were great. I love doing that. Yeah, not so much. But um, what do you think? So we never got to the Marlon Mack level when we talked about who's this year's Todd Gurley. We got to, like, the McKinnon, Jordan Howard, Alex Collins level. But could Marlon Mack I, be that guy? I, I don't think that's a fair comparison because Gurley – the, the conversation was guy who did something failed, overlooked a little bit, and then finished as a. I think your question was who could be top player, right? Yeah, or yeah, or number one guy, top three. You know, what I mean, wherever wherever you want to. I, I don't think Marlon Mack has that 
upside or came from that level from last year. To me, Marlon Mack, Marlon Mack is a mid-level player who could ascend to being a starter. I think he's got that type of upside, but that's the ceiling. You know, the floor is the problem with him. And so it, it's, it's an offensive system that, at least in theory, from where Frank Wright came from, is going to use multiple backs. They spent two draft picks on guys that they seem to like. I, I'm a little bit concerned that Robert Turbin is going to be uh, a problem at some point during the season. Um, but Max should be the best one there going into the year. And so I think if I saw correctly, he's going in like round seven, round eight. 84th overall. Yeah. So that's, that's great value for Santa round seven for, for a starting running back, at least again, for, from where we sit right now. Um, and I agree. Offensive line for the Colts should be better. Andrew Luck has, you know, been great throwing the ball to his backs. So I, I think he's, he's, he's a great, if you want to categorize him as a breakout player, perfect. If you want to categorize him as a sleeper, just based on where he's going, perfect. You know, but he's, he's a number three guy with certainly top 20 upside, but not enough touch potential to be. He, he could, but you know, you, you're just looking at again, if, if Frank Reich brings the same type of system that he's used to running or, or being a part of from Philly, which he said he is. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it just lends itself to, okay. Naheem Hines is going to play maybe not every passing down, but he's going to be in a lot of passing down situations. Maybe they're on the field together. Jordan Wilkins is a bigger guy. Turbin's a bigger guy. So, you know, working at the goal line, short yardage situations, maybe featured back type of duties. I, I, I just don't see it. And, and I like Marlon Mack. I, I, I like, you know, what I saw from him in spurts last year. I like the offensive line. I like, you know, what luck does, but it's just, it's hard to say right now, starting fantasy running back for Marlon Mack, unless you, you know, decide to go, I did this for the, the Chris asked us a question. Chris Towers asked us questions uh, at the beginning of all these weeks, these preview weeks, and it was a zero RB dead. And I I laid out a scenario for him. If you pick at the back end of round one, just going by ADP, it was Odell Beckham and Julio Jones are twelve and thirteen. Uh, rounds three and four, it's Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper. So there you go. You got your three receivers, your quarterback. Round five, there's the Greg Olson range. Round six, that's you start your running backs. The 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 three guys that I that I put there for him were. Mark Ingram, Deion Lewis, Carryon Johnson, just again going by ADP, and then you get to 84, and there's Marlon Mack. I love that. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I like that better in PPR. Uh, I, I, and I think that's where zero RB works is in PPR. I don't think you can do it successfully in non PPR. Well, the the receivers have to hit, the quarterback has to hit. I mean, you know, you can just throw a lot of running backs on your roster and, and be fine. And I think Marlon Mack is one of those type of guys. Is it zero RB if I start in round six? Can I get away can I call it zero RB if I start in round four or five? I don't think so. So what's the cutoff? Round six? I, I, I think it's you the way I always looked at it as you're you're filling out your non running back positions first. Oh, okay. So, so so round Maybe six. Maybe not necessarily then. your flex, but two receivers, running back court, running back tight end. Wide receiver tight end. Wait, no, what? Running back tight end? So. Your two receivers. Quarterback tight end. Quarterback tight end. Quarterback tight end. Alright, well, yeah, I mean, in non-PPR, it's, it's very different. Non-PPR, the top six scoring players last year were all running backs. In PPR, the top two were running backs. Uh, I got a bigger breakdown on that a little bit later. Also, we're gonna we're gonna revisit the Colts backfield a little bit later in the show when we talk sleepers. Here's another email of the day, number two. It's running back related. It's from David in Turlock, California. Hey, Matilda the Hun, Hollywood, Vine, and Sunny. No idea. Uh, I enjoyed your segment on who will be this year's Todd Gurley, but I believe just as important a question is who will be this year's Isaiah Crowell. 
an overhyped running back going in late second, early third round. My choice is Jarek McKinnon. This is coming from a diehard 49ers fan. Please discuss this year's Isaiah Crowell. It's a fair comparison, given the, at least uh, by hype standpoint. Yeah, I, I think that I have a lot, a lot more faith in the 49ers offense now than I had in the Browns offense last year. Right. Well, rightfully and, so. And, and it's the, the, I guess the biggest difference is Crowell was on same team going to same team. Staying with same team. Yeah. So what do you guys sw- think? Switching. Who's who's a who's a Crowell like bust this year? LaShawn McCoy. Oh. Yeah, but he's not he's not being hyped though. It could be Derrick Henry. Yeah. But Collins and Drake scare me a little bit, especially with what you you know, what you've mentioned about Jake Drake Jamie. Drake, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, that, that Frank Gore could you know be splitting time with him. Could ruin our dreams and yeah. And and look, you know, Collins got uh, potentially a break. You know, I don't know what Kenneth Dixon's injury was that caused him to leave practice at the end of last week. I'm I'm assuming it's not season ending, but you never know with him. But um, you know, if if Dixon's back to full health and just taking away a handful of touches, and Javoris Allen takes a handful of touches, that could hurt Collins also. Um, could be Mixon. Yep. You know, Mixon falls in that category. Oh, I I think it's that whole group. Mm -hmm. Honestly, you know, it's it's that whole third round running back group. All right. We're not only going to talk about running backs today. By the way, Matilda the Hunt, Hollywood Vine, and Sonny, that would be Glow. That would be the the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. You're not watching that show, are you, Dave? Glow? No. No, I only watch real wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the, the first season was pretty good. Second season, I'm not really that into. Uh, we're not only going to talk about running backs. We got some exciting news on Carson Wentz, Andrew Luck, uh, a couple of rookie wide receivers who are impressing in training camp that you need to know about. We've got this email of the day. It is from Vinny in Atlanta. It is not running back related. So this is email of the day number three. My league just changed to half PPR. Would you recommend the PPR rankings or the standard scoring rankings? So back in the day, we used to tell people use the non-PPR rankings. And now I think it's better if you use the full PPR rankings for your half PPR needs. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Half PPR. So use the full PPR. We're going to get that question a lot. I'm going to address it every time, and I'll just say PPR. Uh, here's a quote of the day. It is from Doug Peterson. It is about his quarterback, Carson Wentz. I think if you didn't know he had the injury or had the brace on his leg, you'd probably assess that everything was good, end quote. Really good report about Carson Wentz. The story I read, the, the author wrote, I have no reason to believe he won't be playing in week one. That's Jimmy Kimsky, right? I don't remember, but sure. I think so. Uh, I, we talked about that on, on uh, off the bench today. So I, I, and it was with Will Brinson. Will said, you know, we just got through talking about like believing all the beat writer Twitter reports during training camp because everybody looks great and everybody's amazing. And Will was, you know, saying, which is the right way to say it, like, you know, people haven't seen football in a while. So you're getting <laughs> on the field and you're seeing all these guys that are supposed to be maybe a little bit hampered or hindered or injured and they look fine. So it's like, oh, okay, maybe he's better than we thought or he's looked great or going to be fantastic. Uh, and then he sort of qualified that by saying Jimmy's one of those guys that he trusts. So I'll trust Will on this and hopefully. That report is is the way it's going to turn out. All right, Dave. So there was a lot of Carson Wentz talk last week without you. Sorry. But you are now the high guy on Carson Wentz. You have him ranked fifth. Jamie has him eighth. Heath has Carson Wentz 13th. And we said on the uh, on the bust quarterback episode that Carson Wentz going fifth overall among quarterbacks feels a little high. He's going 52nd overall right now. He's QB5 off the board. Uh, but you have him fifth. So what do you think? 
I think he's going to be very good, just as he was last year. You can make the case for touchdown regression. I'll make the case that Philadelphia is going to throw a lot, and they're going to throw a lot of touchdowns in the red zone. Their bread is buttered with Wentz. Head coach is a former quarterback. Offensive coordinator is a former quarterback. They schemed last year all around Carson Wentz. I think the run game is going to contribute and help Wentz out. And the fact that he's healthy and that he's got a good offensive line that's also healthy will go a long way. I don't see Jay Ajayi turning the tide in this offense and how they're going to work. I think Wentz is still going to throw 30-plus touchdowns, get over 4,000 yards. I don't think he's going to run very much. Do I think getting taking him before the end of round five is a little too soon? Yeah. I don't think I'm taking him then. I'm waiting a little bit longer than that to take Carson Wentz, but I am taking him. And I do think he will be very good for fantasy owners this year. There's one thing you left out, which I, I agree with everything you said. Uh, a little bit lower on the yardage myself personally, but um Alshon's injury to me is is scary because that That's he, a red zone threat. Your receiving core is not the same without him there. Now, Mike Wallace, you could say, is an upgrade over Torrey Smith. I think that's fair. He's been having a good camp so uh, far. Uh, having Darren Sproles on the field, which he didn't have for the majority of the season last year, I think is an upgrade to the passing game. Um, but if you if you don't get Jeffrey for uh, Jeffrey at 100%, or at least the Jeffrey we saw last year, then he's not getting 30 touch- touchdowns because he's not going to have that type of player to, to help him in, in that regard. And so the ADP to me is awful. And I think when you start to nit- nitpick these guys, because it, it seems as if the top three quarterbacks are going to be, however you like them, if you don't like them, it's fine. But just the, the draft position and, and almost everywhere you look ranking wise is going to be the same. And you could probably say the fourth guy too with Deshaun Watson. So it's, you know, in some order of Rodgers, Wilson, Brady, and Watson. Five through 10 is probably going to be different on a lot of people's boards. ADP right now favors Wentz. Uh, it may stay that way all the way through. But when you throw in Wentz's ADP versus Breeze versus Luck, who is going to climb but may not climb higher than Wentz, versus Cam, um, you know, you start to look at where you can get Roethlisberger. You can get, you know, all these other quarterbacks. It's just not worth taking him there. So I, I, I agree with you, Dave. You're not, you don't have to take him in, in round five if you don't want to, but you may not get him. And that's the point. It's don't, don't take him in that spot. Luck is 1000% going to go ahead of Wentz in ADP. It's already happened. And, and he should because I think right. he has a higher ceiling. He definitely has a higher ceiling. And uh he's looking good. They just did a team scrimmage, I believe, over the weekend. And I think he missed on two passes. Three, I think. Three passes? Yeah. Oh, well, then in that case, forget yeah, it. Yeah, no, then drop him. Uh, yeah, I uh, look, everything's been great for, for Andrew Luck. But we haven't seen him go week after week playing. I mean, there's still got to be some injury concern, no? Well, I, I think when you look at both guys – you have to say the same thing. There's injury concerns. Now, obviously, the ACL has been an easier injury to come back from than a quarterback with a throwing problem. Yeah. But uh, at least right now, he seems to be slightly better standing than, than Wentz, just from from what I, I can tell. Well, you have you ranked him ahead of Wentz yet? Yes. I have not. It's Andrew Luck we're talking about. By the way, Nelson Aguilar is going 122nd overall. It's just – it's – a steal. Yep. And yeah. that's a guy who had eight touchdowns from Wentz last year. Yep. Yeah. No, he, he he's very good. And in, in any best ball league, you should be taking Mike Wallace. Because if we get to... Mike Wallace or Nelson Aguilar? No. You Aguilar for both. sure. Okay. That, that's a given. But Mike Wallace is like a, a free space. Yeah. Wallace a is a... Def- Jamie said it. Wallace is a definite upgrade over Torrey Smith. He's far more versatile. And if Alshon isn't ready to start the season, 
yeah, it, it, it's going to sting if you have Wentz, if you draft Wentz, and that's just how the way things play out. But Wallace is a better replacement than uh, than Smith would be in that role. All right, we're going to kind of bounce around between uh, running back and non-running back, but it is running back week, so of course we'll we'll do that. I just don't want to give away too much before we do our running back preview. I think position previews are going to start next week. We're getting we're getting pretty close to draft time for sure. Uh, we have a great tweet from our Pete Prisco, our CBS Sports football writer, about Dalvin Cook. He was uh, he's been with the Vikings. He he came very away very impressed from the Falcons. Now he's with the Vikings, and yeah, I mean everything's rosy right now, but. Pete was impressed with Dalvin Cook, so we'll talk about that. We got sleeper running backs coming up. And, you know, last year, you want to talk about running backs and wide receivers. I looked at the top 60 players in non-PPR, in half PPR, and in full PPR. Why 60? And these are not not including quarterbacks. Because two running backs, two receivers, and a flex in a 12-team league, that's 60 players. In non-PPR, we had the exact same amount of running backs and wide receivers finish in the top 60. 28 of each, plus four tight ends. In half PBR, it was pretty similar, 27 running backs, 28 wide receivers, and five tight ends. Uh, and then in PPR, it wasn't even close. Wide receivers dominated. 32 of the top 60 players in PPR were wide receivers. 21 were running backs, and seven were tight ends. That maybe should give you an indication of how you should be drafting for your flex in uh, in PPR leagues in particular. Just wide receivers do better. I mean, that's, okay, what is that, breaking news? Obviously not, but maybe those numbers put it in perspective a little bit. Another number I wanted to look at, fantasy points per touch. Last year, and one guy in particular, Alvin Kamara, 1.08 fantasy points per touch. Unbelievable. Todd Gurley was .88, and he was the number one running back in fantasy. The year before that, David Johnson was .84. Kamara was 1.08 fantasy points per touch, and he's a really interesting guy. How, How many more touches does he get? Does he get 250 touches this year, Alvin Kamara? We sort of played with the math on this, right, last week or two weeks ago? I think I was out that day. I think it's right at 250 based on the math that we did. Yeah, that and that's uh, if he get if he's getting what we say 18 touches, 18 right. carries a game, right? Or no, 15 carries a game. It's same catches, 15 carries a game. I think is what it was, or 17 carries a game. It wasn't 20. No, I think we were 18 in the first four weeks, and then 15 after that. Okay, makes sense. So the way I would view it is if he gets. 225, you're happy. Well, f- 15, yeah. Okay. This was, this was, we, we, were, we were knocking him down. He had 201 we were, last year. Right, so. we, we were knocking him down to what? Four and a, no, five, five and a half yards of carry? Nope, we were less than that. Five yards of carry? I think we were even less than that. <laughs> no, I don't think we were under five. We were like 4.8. We were under five. I think it was at five. That's a lot to add. Five yards per carry is pretty damn good. Five yards per carry is pretty awesome. You think he's going to get right? Which makes six point one yards per carry a you know your your eyes bug out of your head. Right. The thing that's going to knock him down with his yards per carry is how much are they using him in short yard situations? Because he'll have a, a a few of second and one stuffed, third and one stuffed, fourth and one gets the yard. You know, or get six yards. You know, it's just one of those situations. I don't think they use him for that. that I think exa- that's where Mark Ingram course. comes into play. No, but I'm talking back. about early in the season, before before he's back. You know, is it Jonathan Williams? Is it Boston Scott? Is it you know, Won't be Boston Terrence Scott. West? You know, whoever they may use in that regard. Well, Boston Kam- Scott's like a, a great backup for Kamara. Kamara really fast. They may use both those hands. guys though. Kamara's not going to average 1.08 yards per per touch. That's or points per touch. That's crazy. Uh, two years ago, David Johnson averaged .97 fantasy points per touch. And that was, you know, his breakout came the following year. You know, he backed it up 
He didn't do quite as well per touch, but he finished as the number one running back in fantasy. I'm going to be pretty split on Kamara. Once you get to, yeah, I'm, cause I, I see the upside, but I also see like, well, if he's just his yards per carry, his yards per catch go way down, we could be in trouble here. Plus last year, Mark Ingram had 13 carries inside the five. Kamara had four. So that's something to keep in mind. They both had a good amount of carries inside the 10 and Kamara catches passes when he's near the goal line as well. Um, when you get to Barkley, Hunt, Gordon, Kamara, what do you do with those four? What's the scoring? Uh, PPR. Kamara's first for me. Give me it one more time. Kamara, Hunt, Barkley, and Gordon. Uh, I put Hunt in front of Kamara. I've got Hunt, Kamara, Barkley, Gordon in that exact order, four in a row, five through eight in my PPR running back rankings. And what about non-PPR? He's behind Barkley and Hunt for me. Agreed. Hunt, Barkley, Kamara, Gordon. Kamara over Gordon in non-PPR. Yeah, I think that's the one that, you know, we'll end up regretting if you make that decision on draft day. Because you know what Gordon and, and put Fournette there too. You know what, you know what their work, workloads could be, carry-wise. You know what their touchdown potential could be. It's hard to say that Kamara's gonna have a double-digit rushing touchdown season again. That, that to me is more concerning than it is the, the yards per carry and yards per catch. It's, it's really hard to see him replicating what he did last year. Of course. It was just so it's ridiculous. 6.1 yards per carry and 10.2 yards per catch. Yeah. We And 13 rushing touchdowns. When's the last time we saw anybody like CJ that? CJ Spiller. Oh no, don't say that. <laughs> that I mean that's the question we get a lot. Is is it CJ Spiller 2.0? And look, we we you know, not all of us obviously. Uh, I I'll, I'll speak for myself and um speak you know, for me, speak for me. Well, no, I know Adam also, but we were fond of CJ Spiller. Oh and yeah, I took him third did. overall that year. Right, you the know worst I mean? draft pick uh, ever made. He uh he looked awesome that year for Buffalo, and he was still okay the second year, but he was nowhere close to what he did. I'm gonna go back to what we talked about. It was last week, I think, mm-hmm. where we projected it was exactly 252 touches for Alvin Kamara, and if he's getting five yards per carry, I think he could get a little bit less than that, and I, I think the receiving average is gonna come down, but I still think that'll be in the eights. Yeah, that to you me do the math on that, and I still think he's going to get you great yardage numbers. You're bringing up the touchdown totals. Would you be happy with eight touchdowns? Oh, that's what I said last week. I, I think you know, ten is the is the number total wise that he can. Is that the number that you need to justify the first round pick, especially fifth overall in PPR? If he's eighty catches again, with thirteen hundred and eight. Yeah, you're fine. Okay. Hmm. And then on non PPR, if it's thirteen hundred and eight and you're taking him in late round one, I think that's I think that'll be okay yeah. too. All right, that's you just have to you have to just sort of put in your head, okay, where's where's the floor? If I take him eighth and he finishes thirteenth, you're okay with that. Yeah. Real quick, I'm gonna do the math. Thirteen hundred divided by two fifty two, that's five point one yards per touch. I'm fine saying that Alvin Kamara will average five point one yards per touch. Mm-hmm. Well, we, uh, Kamara is certainly not a sleeper, that's for sure. But these guys are. It is time for our fantasy profile presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. We are profiling an underrated fantasy football player who listeners should get to know as they could be key to winning your season. So today it is sleepers. Dave, why don't we start with you? Who is your sleeper running back? I'm going with Naheem Hines of the Colts. And I know we talked about Marlon Mack and I didn't talk that much about Marlon. 
I I feel like the one guy that we can pencil into a, a safe role in the Indianapolis offense is going to be Hines. As long as he continues looking good in camp, catching everything from Andrew Luck, being that mismatch that the Colts can lean on, I don't think he can be this year's Alvin Kamara, but I think he can give you a, a decent fraction of that. I think he can get you 50 catches. I think he might not get more than 80 carries over the course of the year. I don't think he can be a lead back for Indy. I think if he's doing well, he'll be part of their committee. But as a guy that I take late, especially in the PPR league, double-digit rounds, very happy getting Naheem Hines on the team. Uh, good sleeper for fantasy for sure. Okay, Naheem Hines. And, Jamie, you're a sleeper? Matt Breida. I mean, obviously you hear me talk a lot about Jerry McKinnon, but a lot of that has to do with the offense and Kyle Shanahan and the system. And so – I've obviously tried to get McKinnon in the beginning of round three in every draft that we've done, uh, especially if I pick in that in that range. If he falls, I'm I'm thrilled. If I'm picking in the middle to the back end of round three, but if I miss on him, I always try and target Breida as well because if McKinnon fails and there's um, a lot of potential for that also, just because he's never been a, a featured guy before over 16 games. I know Joe Williams is there. Uh, or at least he may be there. You know, he was another He's guy that we hyped up last year. Apparently looking good in camp. Uh, I'm not yeah. going to go down the Joe Williams rabbit hole. There's a, last year. There's a report, I believe, it was the uh, Press Democrat in, yeah. in the Bay Area. Yeah. And the, the the reporter there had three positive things to say about all three of those running backs. He said that McKinnon is looking great catching the ball at backfield. He said he runs routes like a wide receiver. I'm paraphrasing here. He said that Matt Breida has been the best running back in camp so far. Hmm. And he said Joe Williams has been their best athlete. Hmm. So um, there, there, there's a lot to like about what Kyle Shanahan does. And so where you can get Matt Breida and what the upside he could bring, he had a Marlon Mack type year last year. You know, didn't get a, a big workload, but when he was on the field, he had some very positive moments. And so I think you could see that happen again if, in fact, McKinnon falters. His last five games, he averaged 4.5 yards per carry. And 14.7 yards per catch. That's pretty good. He only had three catches, though. He had one big catch in Week 17. But in four of those games, he had either 11 or 12 carries. And I'm thinking that he could still get that with McKinnon getting maybe the same amount of carries plus five, six, seven catches per game. And we we talk a lot about what McKinnon can do and, and the positives that he brings. But if McKinnon falters as a as a running back, not as a pass catcher, I don't think he struggles there because he never really has. I, I think Brita could step in and it could turn into a 50-50 between those guys. So, number one, if, if you're hot for McKinnon, I think you've got to target Brita round nine. Maybe round eight if you got to have him. But I think Brita's a guy that you could draft in round nine on standalone value as a sleeper. I agree with Jamie. I think he's a very good sleeper. Brita is going the end of round nine, beginning of round ten. Naeem Hines going round uh, end of round eleven, beginning of round twelve in a twelve Get them both. league. All right, all right, yeah, some running back depth, and maybe you take multiple Colts running backs and see how it shakes out. But you're not spending much on Hines. His ADP is going up though. I do have a sleeper. You do a suggestion for a sleeper. Let you let me hear what you guys think about it. Uh, Isaiah Crowell. On both CBS and Fantasy Pros, he's the 38th running back off the board. Isaiah Crowell is going 97th overall on Fantasy Pros, 102nd overall on CBS. So let's just say 100th overall, you're getting Isaiah Crowell, who two years ago was a top 15 running back. 
Uh, last year was 30th, 29th in non-PPR, 30th in, in, uh, in PPR. But he averaged 4.1 yards per carry. He only had two touchdowns. You know, the Jets, believe it or not, as bad as they've been, they've given us usable, certainly rosterable running backs over the last couple of years. You just, you got that Bilal Powell guy that could be a thorn in the side because he's always productive. I just don't know how much the Jets buy into him or else I feel like they would have given him a bigger Roll by now. But yeah, I think Crowell, look, 38th running back off the board. I think that's a steal. There was, there was some thought that McGuire, Elijah McGuire broke his foot last week or over the weekend was actually going to replace Powell in passing down situations. Um, you wonder if Crowell maybe gets a little bit more of that now. Um, if they don't go completely back to Powell in that, in that role. Um, we'll see who they add. They've worked out Alfred Morris and Orleans Darkwa. I'd be a little bit more concerned about Darkwa at this point than Alfred Morris, but they signed uh, George Atkinson for okay. whatever that's worth. Um, I I think Crowell's ADP is perfect. Uh, Heath would probably argue that it's low, which I get. I just wonder though if because McGuire's not done for the season. He's he's probably yeah, three to, three to six weeks. Right? Can he be on the short term IR? Yeah, they can put him on that. On September 1st. Right. So I wonder if they go that route if he's not back to... Sure. That, you know, that'll on, depend on, on who else gets hurt for the Jets between now and then. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know if Crowell, what we saw last year, is kind of just who he is. You know, he, he he's a good runner. He just I don't know if he's a great fantasy option. No, but he's as not. But as he's your not. fourth running back on your team, perfect. There's Anytime you get a starter there. for a respective team that late, it's great. Yeah. Okay. It's great. Why? Because he might have. Here's so the he, question: well, so he finished, Crowell, well, wait, Hold on, he finished where last year? 29th in non-PPR, 30th in PPR. Okay, so that's a guy you're probably end up starting four or five weeks a season. He's a bi-week replacement. Maybe. I mean, there's well, not okay. A huge. I upside. mean, it, let's let's paint him with that brush. He's 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 depth for your team, and he's a bi-week replacement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after that, you're really not like looking at guys you have ranked behind him in the rankings behind Isaiah Crowell. You don't necessarily have any starters. I mean, maybe Devontae Booker becomes a starter. CJ Anderson could te- is technically a starter. Um, but it's a lot of, it's guys who don't project to have as many carries. Maybe Chris Carson ends up starting. No, don't fall for that. No? Don't fall no. for it yet. Don't fall for okay. it. Okay. Alright, so our sleepers, Naeem Hines, Matt Breida, and Isaiah Crowell. And I actually think Heath would probably put Isaiah Crowell. I think, is that one of Heath's sleepers? No, he's high. I know, he, I know he likes him because Heath seems to be, and I, I don't want to speak for him, but Heath will always, at least what I can see, take the end of year potential. Right. Over the week to week highs and lows. Right. And, uh, in, certainly in deeper formats, the steadier guys, you know, end of year finish guys that Heath targets, like Giovanni Bernard, uh, they can help you out. Can I just say one thing? No. I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I wanna blurt it. Never. I don't like calling a guy a sleeper saying that his, his usage is a bi-week running back. Okay, like, I, I, it could be What am I doing that. with Isaiah Crowell if I put him on so my team? So when in non-PPR are you starting nine, Naeem Hines? And I don't know. I'm taking a chance on him in round 11 or round 12 just to see what happens. Sure. So where's Crowell going? A little earlier than that. A round little nine, earlier. Right? Ra- yeah, round nine. So if, if he has, if I'm if, picking if, between these two, I'll take the guy on the Colts at two rounds later and I can get a wide receiver with maybe, 100 to 120 targets. Maybe potential. PPR, I understand that, but in non-PPR, I mean, Crowell was how many yards last year? 
853 rushing, 182 receiving. Okay, so if he so scores six touchdowns, if he scores six right, touchdowns, a thousand and six. But I don't know if I'm going to ever feel good counting on him as anything more than what you said, which is a bye week running back. And that, yeah, but me, I, I think that to it, me just doesn't make him a sleeper. It doesn't make him exciting to draft. I'm not going to be excited to draft Isaiah Crowell. But you don't have to necessarily be excited to draft a guy that ends up being productive for you. I mean, I, I understand the theory. You know, it's it's not necessarily taking somebody who, oh my God, this is going to be my guy that wins me my league. No, he's and, not going to be that. And, guy. and and maybe in PPR, somebody like Hines is, maybe Brita is. You know, I mean, there 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 Brita is. Could but, be. But that's kind of where you're at when you're getting past round eight. Anybody that you're kind of looking at is either somebody that can get me through a few weeks, or if things go right. And again, if Crowell scores four more touchdowns, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibility with the same type of workload and production that he had a year ago. Let me. I mean, he's still a young guy. He's what, 26? He is 20. He'll be 26 in January. Yeah. Right? I mean, so that's, he's 25 right now. I can, I can add something on top of bye week running back to Isaiah Crowell. And it's just because I looked at his schedule. Week one at Detroit. Week two versus Miami. Week three at Cleveland on a short week. It's pretty good. Yeah, especially if, if McGuire's out. If you out. draft Mark Ingram or if you go zero RB, do you hate these matchups for Crowell in the first three weeks of the season? No. I just got done poo-pooing him, and I don't hate those matchups yeah. for Isaiah Crowell to start the season. All right, what a sleeper. Great pick. Also, um, Dave, are we sure we have the right Colts running back as the sleeper? What about Wilkins? Oh no, it could be, it could be, and yeah. this is the problem. I like with Wilkins all better, non PPR. This is the problem with all the Colts. They're, they're all gonna take away from each other. I don't think there's a situation that plays out where one guy, um, gets the work of an Edger and James or a Joseph Adai. Just to give you a couple of former Colts who did it before. Yeah, Marshall Falk. Not gonna happen. Sure. Now, I would love to go to a Colts game. I've been to that stadium. Very cool stadium. It's great. Yeah, it is. And if you want to go, I've got the perfect app to get you there. How about the SeatGeek app? Actually, this this happened yesterday. My parents are in town. They were over, and they were talking about how they wanted to go to the Yankees game. And the end of the story is they did not end up going. But what I did was I got the I got my phone out, and I looked at the SeatGeek app because that is the first place I go every single time I need tickets, whether it's comedy, whether it's concerts. Uh, most of the time, it is sports for me. I've gone to a bunch of Yankees games. I've been to football games, college basketball games. I've been to a few concerts, and I'm always using the SeatGeek app because it saves me time and it saves me money. SeatGeek searches multiple ticket sites and grades every ticket based on value. SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget and every Every purchase, this is important, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. So yesterday I searched for the Yankees game. I show my dad the results. You got these green dots on the map on the seating chart. Uh, those are the ones that are the best values. We click on them. Could have gotten like $60 seats in the third row up the first baseline. And I said, you know what? If you want to go to the game, I'll give you the promo code. The promo code is FFT, and we'll take 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. So in addition to already saving you time and money, I'm going to save you 20 more dollars with the code FFT. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FFT for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. If you forget that code, feel free to email us or tweet us. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, here's our tweet of the day. It's from Pete Prisco. He says it was unreal how good Dalvin Cook looked looked in drills on Saturday. Explosive. 
He says he's quicker and faster now after the ACL surgery. If you didn't see him, you wouldn't believe it, but it looks to be true. That's from Pete Prisco. I'm going to hashtag it, Cook fourth overall. <laughs> Bit of a wordy hashtag, but Cook fourth overall. Uh, Are so you serious? I, uh, yeah, he, he, he said he would do that. I I am serious in a non-PPR, because in PPR I'll, or even half PPR, I'll take some wide receivers. But in a non-PPR league, I think I think I'm almost ready to go fifth overall for Dalvin Cook. I I guess. So you'll change the hashtag. All right, yeah, hashtag top five, <laughs> hashtag top five Dalvin Cook. I just don't see a reason not to not to like him. He's gonna get a ton of work on a good team, and he's awesome. And he's young. He can recover from the ACL. You're not worried about Latavius Murray? No, I am not. You're not worried about Kirk Cousins throwing 600 times a season? No, definitely not. You're not worried about the Vikings defense being a sham? Is there any reason other than the ACL why he's not considered, you know, in the group with Hunt, Barkley, Gordon, etc.? I think people might be a little disappointed by the receptions total that he had last year. But they're not looking at what his carry potential could be in blowout wins which I think Minnesota could have a decent amount of given their newfound quarterback situation and, it, dare I say, improved defense. I like Cook a lot. I have a – I am I I wrestle with him all the time. Not literally. I just, I'm talking about – No, he would destroy you. I don't know. I'm I actually, yeah, I don't know. Uh, You know, he, he does have a lower center of gravity. He'll probably pull me down. I don't want to even think about it. I don't want him to hurt himself again. You're ranking him against the guys of – like Fournette, Barkley, Kamara, and Gordon. And a lot of them are in similar situations. They're on teams where they're the lead back and their defense is great, or they're quality backs that get a lot of touches. And it, it, you really got to nitpick. It's, it, I think this is one where it comes down to how you feel about Dalvin Cook. And I know because I was like you last year, I loved him coming out of Florida State and I loved what I saw from him. In those first few games, I don't think he um, has a long, long track record of injuries that we have to be worried about. I think Dalvin Cook can deliver, and I love—I love any running back that's on a team with a great defense. He's—he's he's a first-round pick, back half a first-round pick for me, and uh, yeah, someone worth targeting in that tenth, eleventh, twelfth slot. I mean, it's—it's. It's- can you think of other scenarios where a player has torn his ACL early in his career? I mean, I know Gio, Giovanni Bernard did it, and he came back and had a better yards per carry the following year. Deion Lewis, his yards per carry went down from 4.8 pre-ACL to 4.4 the year before, but, you know, whatever. He didn't really have that much work. There are wide receiver examples, running back examples of young players, not that easy to find for me. Gurley. Who? Oh, Gurley. Gurley. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right, Gurley came back strong. Frank Gore, as I recall, tore his ACL twice in college, or tore you know each leg, and he was really good as a rookie. He averaged four point eight yards per carry. Uh, so I don't know, like how how high could you see him going? The other problem with with Cook is like if you don't take him, if you have the fifth pick and you don't take him, you're not getting him in the second round. I think at this point, right? No, but you're taking another player that you like better. Yeah, yeah I mean, the running look, backs look, that you already know. It's not only what what Pete said. There was a story in uh, I think it was the Star Tribune. Talking about how he's looked as well, which uh, Adam Schefter tweeted, which is obviously going to get a lot of attention. Um, I spoke to Pete yesterday after his trip to Minnesota. He said, you know, which is uh, another 
you know, wrinkle on top of this. He goes, they just do something with these guys coming back from ACLs. Remember Peterson? Right. You know, now how quickly he got back. Right. And so I, I think you look at Cook, uh, it, it is interesting, Adam, because y- you start to compare him to what you, what you saw last year. And again, it's a four game sample size, but if Kamara doesn't replicate the yards per carry and the yards per touch and, you know, the, the touchdowns, Cook should be better than him. And he doesn't have a Mark Ingram lurking over his shoulder. I, I do think Latavius Murray is going to be more of a factor than, you know, you probably think just because they like him. He, uh, he performed admirably for them last year, you know, under the circumstances, different skill set. So they, they can use him differently. Um, but you know, with, with Hunt, if Spencer Ware or any of the other guys they signed is, is a factor. If, you know, the, the Jaguars with Fournette, if he, you know, struggles for whatever reason and he missed time with injuries and, Barkley is a failure, you know, as, as a rookie. You know, there, there are a lot of things when you start to just get to that point, um, where Cook may stack up better than them and maybe the, the better value, you know, just because he's going five or six spots later. Sure. Yeah. I mean, auction, I think would be interesting. Maybe how, how much would you spend on Cook in a hundred dollar auction? 25? Right in that range. All right. Well, we have plenty of time to talk about Dalvin Cook. More news and notes to get to. Do need to remind you that our podcast is sponsored. By Buffalo Wild Wings. And Buffalo Wild Wings understands that being a fantasy football league manager is a tough job. It's important to get a good first impression, and that all starts with the draft. If you want your league to love you, book your draft party at B-Dubs. You're going to get a free draft kit, enjoy a special draft feast of boneless wings, three sides, and three shareables for a special price to feed your league. So come in and get to drafting up some league manager love at Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports at participating locations. While supplies last. We got a lot of news and notes to get to here. Arizona head coach Steve Wilkes said that Sam Bradford is the, well, it's his job to lose. It's starting quarterback. And there was a note on Dak Prescott really was about Des Bryant, but Stephen Jones talking about how Des and Witten were in the ear of Dak Prescott and suggesting that maybe Dak could benefit from not having those veterans who need the ball around. Also, we have a good report on Michael Gallup. Do you see positive momentum here for Dak Prescott? Not yet. Not to change his fantasy draft day value. Okay. He's still in that group of QB2s. Dak Prescott is going 117th overall. Uh, so, running back news. Lindsey Jones of USA Today believes the Denver running back job is totally open. I've read so much about that backfield already. Every day it's it's multiple players looking good. Gotten a lot of positive reviews about Royce Freeman. Uh, a lot about a guy named Philip Lindsay, who uh, is a good passing downs back. I'll have to do a little bit more research on him before I spew. But Booker is getting in there. Henderson's getting in there. And uh, that might be a backfield where they use multiple runners. It's going to be Booker to open the season. Whatever capacity, unless Freeman just dominates in preseason games, Freeman will be the better one by the middle of the year. Yeah, kind of like uh, the Cincinnati situation last year. Uh, Chris, yeah, Carson. but I don't, I don't necessarily know if the coaching staff has that hard-headed rule about rookies like Cincinnati had last year. Okay, like if no, if, if I mean, Royce Freeman earns it. What what choices Vance Joseph have? Everything I've heard from uh, people I know in Denver that. They, John Elway loves Royce Freeman. 
Who who's the starting running back earlier? And Garrett Blunt left practice yesterday with uh, an injury. Who's the starting running back earlier? Carry on Johnson or Royce Freeman? Carry on Johnson. Uh, I'll say Freeman. I like Freeman better, but Carry on's in a better situation to start right away. What about Rashad Penny in Seattle? But you know what? That doesn't. It, maybe Carry on gets the first carry of, of the game week one, but I don't. I, I think Freeman could get more work over the course of the game. I think he's better equipped to handle three downs than Carry on is. Now, what was your question? Yeah, Rashad Penny, because Chris Carson worked as the number one. C.J. Procise is going to have a role until uh, he gets hurt. Are you guys uh, losing any faith in Rashad Penny as the feature back? Um, a little bit, but not because of Carson. I think it's just because of everybody there. Like right. it's not turning from, it's not pivoting from Penny to Carson. Are you it's just pivoting from Penny a little bit? Are you Team Geis or Team Penny? Uh, I've been Team Geis for a while, so. Team Geis, for sure. All right, Geis is going ahead of Penny. So is Alex Collins. After Penny, Tevin Coleman. Wow, kind of early for him. Lamar <laughs> Lamar Miller. <laughs> We're talking in the 50s, uh, you know, 55 overall or so. Lamar Miller or Rashad Penny? Uh, right now, Penny, but that could change if this continues with, with Carson. Um, I like that Lamar Miller's lost weight. I like that he's got the better situation right now with uh, for him. Without Deontay Foreman being healthy. And if Foreman's not ready for week one, which is what it seems like, then you get Miller with a six game head start. And that could be a good situation for him. Wide receiver notes. Randall Cobb had offseason ankle surgery. He's 100%, but he revealed what happened earlier this offseason. He had an ankle surgery. Some players who are having good camps. Tell me what jumps out at you. Michael Gallup for the Cowboys. Dante Pettis for the 49ers. Couple rookies. John Brown for the Ravens. And Jay Gruden said that Josh Doxson is going to be a red zone threat this year. So Gallup, Pettis, John Brown, Josh Doxson, anything really jump off the page? Gruden also said that he wouldn't expect a big fantasy football year for Doxson. He actually said fantasy football. Are you serious? Because, because they spread the ball around so much there. I, I guess that's not a Kirk Cousins thing as much as it is a Great Jay point. Gruden thing. Great point. Gallup is interesting. Apparently he started camp with the first teamers. He, he took should. snaps with the first look, teamers look, in look Dallas. At that, look at that team. And he's had he's he's been hot and cold, according to what I've read on Dallas. But he's he's certainly interesting. He's he's absolutely worth a pick in any draft. But we're talking double digits for him. I think Doxon's in the same boat. Okay. John Brown, as we know, could be great. He could also be frustrating with the sickle cell injury, you know, or sickle cell trait. So hopefully he's right. It's a receiving core that is totally new. And, you know, one of the things Joe Flacco's done well is he's thrown the ball down the field with success. And so if John Brown can be 100% healthy, he could be a great best ball wide receiver. He could be a great late-round flyer. You know, you cut him with no uh, no remorse. Um, you know, hopefully John Brown is is ready to go and plays, plays 16 games. And offensive and then, line. And then I'll, I'll say about Pettis, Trent Taylor's been hurt which I think is going to help Pettis because those two guys are going to vie for the slot position there. Um, you would think Taylor has an edge, but Pettis is the guy that they drafted, and so he could uh, he could push Taylor to the bench. All right, it's good stuff. And uh, the offensive line, actually, is a pretty big deal. Carolina right tackle Daryl Williams. Bad one, yeah. yeah he, he dislocated his right patella. He tore his MCL. They don't have a timetable yet, but this was a second-team All-Pro. Uh, he was the rated the number three offensive tackle in the NFL, thanks to the Charlotte Observer for those notes. Darrell Williams is a good player. They already lost Norwell, the best, one of the best guards in football. Now right tackle out. 
Is this red alert right now for the Carolina offense? A little bit. Yeah. I don't know if, if losing him in Norwell is going to sink the ship. Well, it's not what, good. What do you think? I mean, yeah, it's, it's got to be something. Well, William's not done for the season yet, so hopefully he's able to come back. But, you know, you, you can – it could have like a Taylor Decker type of feel, you know, where a guy gets hurt and then tries to come back and just never is the same for that season. I know that we have blamed – some Cam Newton struggles in the past on his offensive line. You know, I know we've been like, well, he needs a better offensive line. So this is a, not a good start. No. And, and what's going on with Christian McCaffrey? We never really talked about this, but in terms of his, his touches, did they say that he's not going to get a huge workload on the ground? No. Ron Rivera came out to start a training camp and said he will. Oh, he will. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That was having, that was, that was during baby week. No, it's, it seems as if there's been like a roller coaster of he will, he won't, he will, he won't. And then Rivera kind of said he will. Cincinnati rookie offensive guard Rod Taylor's out for the season. That, it's really more of a depth issue there. This is a team that traded for Cordy Glenn and drafted a center in the first round. Pittsburgh offensive guard Ramon Foster is out four to five weeks with a leg injury. So hopefully back for week one and the Seahawks extended Dwayne Brown. I was going to put a third round pick under the microscope. And it was well, gonna... don't forget Jake Matthews and Taylor Lewan also got paid too. Yes, they did. I didn't, wasn't sure if I had that on our last show, but yeah, don't they did. Uh, I was going to put a third-round pick under the microscope, and it was going to be Adam Thielen. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to put that off until tomorrow, and we're going to do Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs and put those two players under the microscope. For now, let's look at average draft position round seven as we continue to move down. In uh, ADP. So we're using Fantasy Pros half PPR just for continuity. And these are picks 73 through 84, round seven of a 12-team league. Here are your first four picks. There are three wide receivers and a quarterback. Devin Funches, Corey Davis, Kirk Cousins, and Will Fuller. Devin Funches, Corey Davis, Kirk Cousins, and Will Fuller kicking off round seven. Dave, your reaction, half PPR. Uh, I want to throw up when I see Devin Funches going in round seven in any league. That's that's completely based on what he did last year. That's not thinking about what this offense looks like now. Yeah, especially with those it's, offensive lines. It's a huge mistake. Huge, huge mistake. Uh, how about the other two wide receivers, Corey Davis and Will Fuller? I've got them. I've got them in round seven, round seven, round eight, right in that range. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't mind them there. Davis got off to a good start in camp. Fuller is very much Deshaun Watson dependent. As we saw last year, where he can just make one great big play and you're a happy fantasy owner. I think both of these guys can serve as number three receivers to begin the season, but I'll say that Davis has more upside. Davis at least looks like a guy who could finish as a top 12 receiver. I don't, I'm not calling that, but I could say he could finish as a top 24 guy. Yeah. You know, it, it's, there's a couple things of interest. So we kind of, um, I don't know the right phrase. Uh, sliced, sliced Jake Sealy. No, for no, no, I don't selecting. Um, which is funny because I believe he's a former deli owner. Um, sliced really? Jake no, Sealy for. Uh, huh? That's not true. Yeah, really. We put his brain on the deli slicer and we went, um, and out came little slices. They looked like ham. So we sliced him, according to Dave, mm-hmm. uh, when he took Corey Davis in the fourth round of our industry. I just killed Jake. PPR draft. Um. If he's right, and he wasn't right for the majority of the season, but he did have the two-touchdown game against the Patriots in, in the second round of the playoffs. We haven't talked about this a lot, but Rashard Matthews is still struggling to practice. Is he on and the so, pup list? 
Uh, he might be, but I don't know. Um, but I know he didn't practice today again. So he's battling an injury. Corey Davis didn't practice on Sunday either. Um, which is troubling because he's mm-hmm. got an injury track record. But Marcus Mario's got to throw the ball to somebody. And so Davis, we know the pedigree based on where he was drafted last year, top 10 overall pick. He could, he could be a top 20 wide receiver. So I, I think this is an unbelievable range for him. I, I would try and take him around earlier personally. And then Fuller, uh, you're right, Dave. He was Deshaun Watson dependent last year, but oh my God, was he Deshaun Watson yeah. dependent? And, and it was, it was unbelievable that stretch that those two guys had together. And so you don't want to say that they're tied because obviously Watson can make plays without Fuller. Uh, compared to vice versa, but if you get 16 games of Deshaun Watson, and more importantly, 16 games of, of Fuller, given what we've seen over two years, he's got 30-year breakout written all over him, because if yeah. he plays that amount of games, he could be a top 20 guy. Uh, I actually just made a trade for him. I was really excited about it um, in uh, in a dynasty league I'm in, where I was very overloaded at running back. If we have to start five receivers. It's, it's very difficult to find five good wide receivers if you have too many good running backs, because it's, it's a very competitive league. But I traded Rex Burkhead for Will Fuller, and I was ecstatic about it because Burkhead. I like be, it. Burkhead could be good this year. He may have a better season, per se, than than Will Fuller, um, given the the track record. But Fuller's entering his third season again, and if he and Watson are tied together for the next five years, or you know, uh, at least three, um, Fuller could be could be great. So, I got the I got the scoop on Corey Davis. I like that trade for you too, Jamie. Uh, Davis just had a rest day. Variable said. Interesting. We'll they see if he's telling the truth. Rest day. Right. Yeah, he's exhausted. But he, apparently he's going to be ready to go on Monday. There's yeah. a big stink, uh, uh, Twitter wise because the Browns gave Miles Garrett a rest day this weekend. Same thing. Like, why are you giving a 23 year old guy a rest day? Well, Heath's on vacation right now. He's getting like a whole, a rest Heath, week. Heath is, Heath is, they just turned 40? I, I don't think he's 39. He's, he's in his late 30s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, by the way, ADP has changed since this morning, it appears, um, just a little bit. Corey Davis and Devin Funches are actually at the very, very end of round six, picks 71 and 72 overall. We want to re- Davis, I'm fine with it. Fun- Funches, no. We want to restart this exercise. Um, 73 and on is, uh, Chris Hogan, Sammy Watkins, Will Fuller, Kirk Cousins. So you got Fuller and Cousins there. Two more names at wide receiver though, Chris Hogan and Sammy Watkins. Coming off the board right after Funches and Davis. I love Hogan in this spot, and I would take him around earlier. I, I just think you get a four-game head start without Edelman. No Cooks, no Amendola. Uh, sounds like Malcolm Mitchell is still not healthy. So there's Gronk and who yeah. to start the season? Jordan Matthews, yay. Kenny Britt, woo. Braxton Berrios. Braxton Berrios, he will be the superstar that dominates the, the season for the Patriots. <laughs> Hogan was on pace for 10 touchdowns last year. And without Cooks there, he's going to score A-plus if he plays 16 games. Now the problem is, can he play 16 games? Yeah. But, I mean, he, he played really well his first year with New England, really well last year. He's just got to stay on the field. It bugs me just a little bit that we've never seen a big year from Chris Hogan. Like that consistent week-in, week-out. He'll fall anywhere between seven and fourteen fantasy points per game. So some weeks it won't be great, but he'll be serviceable for your squad. And some weeks he'll help you. He'll be the reason why you win. You know, he's never put up a one thousand yard year. I don't think he's even had seven hundred yards. No, one of my favorite breakouts this year, though. Chris Hogan. Okay. By the way, did you guys give Will Fuller's numbers in four games with Deshaun Watson? The actual numbers. No, I can't count that high. 
He, he averaged <laughs> 21.5 yards per catch. He had 13 catches in four games, which isn't very good. But 279 yards and seven touchdowns. And three were in the red zone. So they weren't all bombs. Or yeah. it might have been four that were in the red zone. Well, I, I had been drafting him like all the time in our mock drafts. I, he's now going earlier, but I still, I still try to get Will Fuller. Okay. He's awesome. After Kirk Cousins, we have Robert Woods, Carlos Hyde, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Julian Edelman. Robert Woods, Carlos Hyde, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Julian Edelman. This is half PPR. Should Edelman go after Hogan in half PPR? Yeah, with the suspension. Okay. Should Hogan go ahead of Robert Woods? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Carlos this Hyde. Is, I mean, th- this this group you just read off is why you should love going running back early. Because yeah. the same thing we just talked about to start the show was your RB. If you get two stud running backs early, you can or, or or two one in the first four picks and then you know two good ones. You could just start stockpiling these receivers. Take four guys of this group. And then the last four picks of this round are Marlon Mack, Pierre Garcon, Marlon Mack going eighty first. Another another good receiver. Yeah, Garcon, Garcon. Tariq Cohen, and then I like this ADP uh, Trey Burton. Love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. End of round seven. Yeah, it's, I mean th- this it's this up, is though. such a it's such a great group because there's going to probably be two of these guys that finish as top twenty receivers. And those receivers again are we don't like Funches here, but Corey Davis, Chris Hogan, Watkins, Fuller, Robert Woods, Julian Edelman, Pierre Garcon. And it's funny because not liking Funches and, and and I'm on board, but he was he was good last year and could still be you know what was he top twenty receiver last year. Yeah, pretty sure. So, so you have Funches, top twenty guy last year. Robert Woods, top twenty guy last year. You know, I mean, <laughs> these these are guys. Edelman, when he's right, uh, he's not here to debate you, Adam. So, you know, <laughs> Edelman could be over the twelve games he plays, top twenty receiver. Absolutely. Yeah. There is a, a dangerous track record of older wide receivers coming back from ACL injuries. Got to keep that in mind. But if he's right, yeah, but he's got he's got the Alex Guerrero stuff. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I mean. <laughs> It's so funny that we argued about this, but if you just look at at the recent years of Julian Edelman versus Larry Fitzgerald, they're almost identical. The same guy. And Fitzgerald's a little bit better, but Edelman is is like really I think should be valued similarly if he were playing 16 games. No, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I, I, I if you just go to Pro Football Reference and click on like three or four years for Edelman and the last three years for Fitzgerald when he's been that. 107 catch guy. Their numbers would surprise you on a on a per on a 16 game you know pace. It surprised you how similar they are. The, the, you should do what Heath does, which is player A versus player B. I know I should do that. And, You're and right. See, and see who wins. And then at the end of it, just say <laughs> one has Tom Brady, one has Sam Bradford. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, all right, guys, thanks a lot. We're gonna wrap up the show today. I didn't get to any emails. I'm sorry. We'll get to some tomorrow. Fantasy football at cbsi.com. Gonna do sleeper running backs. Probably maybe some bust running backs too, because we might have to sneak wide receivers into running back week, because the position previews are gonna be gonna be kicking off uh, as soon as next week. Get excited! Counting down uh, the hours to the Hall of Fame game. Dave and Jamie, thanks a lot. I'm Adam, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Na 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 na.